unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay. Ready. Aim. Fire. Hey everyone, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. We're here with Mark and Skyler, and of course Taylor here. How's it and going? I'm David. Um, Mark. Oh hey. Please tell us where we are and why we're dressed like this. We are at Camp Floyd, Utah, which is in the very small city of Fairfield. This is where the army came after peace was brokered during the Utah War. And uh, Skyler and I are dressed up as members of the 5th Infantry Company D. They had two different uniforms kind of going at the same time, so why not? And you both are dressed as members of the Nauvoo Legion, Utah Territorial yes. Militia, or the Mormon Militia, but that's members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Militia family. Isn't it about time? It is. Uh, it is. It is about time. Indefinitely. Okay, so Utah War. Tell us about the Utah War. I, I read a book by um, Brigham Young's daughter a while back, and she talks a little bit about the Utah War and how uh, the uh, Johnston's army came in and everybody left Salt Lake because they didn't want the army there and there was a big fiasco. Maybe I'm getting ahead of our, uh, ourselves here, but, but start from the beginning. Tell us what's happening with Johnston's army and, and why there's a Utah war, quote unquote war, going on. There was a fiasco. That's, that's, oh, that's pretty much it. Very, very good summary. <laughs> beginning and end. So, that's right. Uh, Utah was a territory of the United States, even though we were trying to get away, we wanted to go to Mexico, and then well, the United States was like, oh no, that's ours too. So we <laughs> did the get best away. we could. Can't get away from this business, mm. that's all right. So uh, one of the issues with the territory is the president of the United States appoints governors, he appoints judges, he does all the appointing, so we don't really get to vote for anything other than a territorial legislation. Uh, well, we didn't like who President Buchanan was appointing. Uh, we had some issues with that, so we would make the judges a little uncomfortable sometimes. It happened, and uh, the judges not liking us, not liking what we believed, uh, they would kind of go back east and say, the Mormons are having an uprising. They are not giving in to the federal government's demands and wishes and commandments. So, and I have a question. I have an answer. Uh, so was this right about the time that like the Mountain Meadows Massacre happened, that so fiasco? Mountain Meadows is just right about then. Uh, okay. This was... The army was already starting to come out because James Buchanan, the president at the time, had decided he's going to put down this rebellion that isn't actually happening. So he sends one-third of the entire United States Army, 2,500 soldiers of infantry. 3, well, it became 3,500. Yeah, 3,500. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but at first it was just 2,500. Anyway, uh, they were infantrymen, artillerymen, dragoons, cavalry. They all came out here to put down the rebellion. Uh, and they didn't think to mention that to us. They didn't think to mention, we're putting in a new governor, we're changing things up, we're ascending the army. So it was Pioneer Day, 1857, we're having a nice time in Cottonwood Canyon, then Porter Rockwell and somebody, Smoot, they ride up and say, Army's right behind us. Oh no! So, <laughs> and this is news to everyone. Like, we had no, no idea. Was, there was rumors, but this was like, just, it's happening. And that's an exact so, like, quote, right? Exactly. From Porter Rockwell. Ah! <laughs> exactly. So we assembled the militia. We started a campaign to slow the army down. We made them winter in Wyoming at Fort Bridger, which we had burned down. Beautiful. Uh, and they were not happy about that. 
I can't Meanwhile, imagine. Salt Lake was evacuated south, and uh, I'll just keep talking at this point. Feel free to jump Please. in. I don't know how to stop talking. Uh, <laughs> so we evacuated Salt Lake City. We left a few fellows behind with torches ready to burn the sucker down. Uh, and so when the army came through, peace had been brokered already, so the army just marched through and they kept on marching and they came here to Camp Floyd, Utah. So why, why were the saints ready to burn the sucker down? Because, dang, the government. I, <laughs> I, I would never. <laughs> we're talking about burning not. Salt Lake City. The whole Lake. city. We were going to burn the whole thing. We covered the temple foundation. We just didn't want anything left for the army. If they were going to no. occupy, fine, have it. It's nothing but rubble. We're going south. We're going north. We're going anywhere uh, just to get away from you people. So why, why didn't we burn it down? The peace had been brokered. Thomas L. Kane of Philadelphia, a friend of the Saints, he came out and kind of on President Buchanan's behalf, he just said, let's all just calm down. <laughs> Got a new governor. I don't like it. You don't like it. Who cares? Just deal with it. It's all good. Army, just calm down. They're not in rebellion. <laughs> oh, so that's nice of them to notice that. It's just, it's so fascinating to me because the Saints, you know, we start out in essentially Kirtland, Ohio. We get persecuted there we move we've also got settlements in Missouri we get persecuted there we have to move to far west and then to Nauvoo Illinois and then from Nauvoo we're just like okay we've had it we're moving out west we get out as west as far west as we can as far west as we can <laughs> and they send a third of the freaking US army out to pester us <laughs> and uh, and at that point it seems to me like they just kind of drew a line in the sand and they just said we are so done with this and we're gonna either, you know, fight back or burn everything down and you're not gonna have anything to, you exactly. know, take from us. And the politics of the time also played a part of this because we had the Kansas-Nebraska Act passed recently which says new territories get to decide if they're slave or free and mm. Utah territory decided to be slave. So already we're having some problems with the government with people out east who don't like that. And then James Buchanan He's not looking so good already. People don't like him as much as they thought he would. And then the Republican Party shows up and they say, we are going to destroy the two relics of barbarism, mm. slavery and polygamy. They meant us. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that of we course. used to do that thing. Yeah. It happened. It's kind of controversial. So the Democrat Party <laughs> was like, well, we can't be attached to polygamy. Slavery's fine, but not polygamy. And James Buchanan, being a Democrat, was like, I got it. We'll go end the polygamists of Utah. So a lot of things played into it. We're not blameless. Like I said, we were kind of being jerks to the appointees and, and get out of Utah. So, <laughs> so essentially, an exact quote again. again <laughs> exact quotes. So essentially, the government thinks that that the Latter-day Saints in Utah are rebelling. They send the army out. They find that okay, it's not as bad as as it was made out to seem. And then they came here to Camp Floyd and camped I mean, out I mean, for why, a while. Why here to Camp Floyd? Uh, part of the peace brokered was the army had to be at least 50 miles away from Salt Lake City and we're, I don't know how many miles from Provo, but quite a few miles from Provo as well. So populated spaces get away basically was the gist. So we came here and well, we, I'm switching the we's, now I'm the army we. Uh, <laughs> so the army came here, there's about 110 acres worth of camp, all stretched on the other side of the creek here, uh, 300 some odd buildings. Eventually it was 3,500 soldiers uh, set up here, so they kind of hung out. They acted as a posse comitatus for the governor, enforcing laws, helping judges, and then the Civil War happened, and, well, never mind, they went east. Hmm. Figured they weren't doing much of anything here, Yeah. and yeah. they were probably needed for 
<laughs> the Civil War. It was a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Unlike the Utah War, which wasn't actually much of a war in the end, right? The New York Herald uh, summarized the whole thing by saying, Wounded? None. Killed? None. Fooled? Everybody. Hmm. <laughs> well, so this is kind of going to be a melodramatic episode, it seems. Oh, we're yeah. just at the height of the drama. We're having fun, though. <laughs> oh, so we got to dress up. It's Look at you guys, you, you look great. Maybe tell us a little bit about some of the stuff on the tables behind us. Yeah. Is that okay? Let's, Let's talk Skyler about this. Take over oh, Skylar, what have you got for us? Uh, well, we can go around to the back so we can actually see. Okay. Here. So on these two different tables here, you just have a few various articles of items that you would have seen on both sides. Um, military and civilian style guns. Kind of starting at the end here, you got your typical knapsack that a soldier would have carried with all of his personal gear, extra socks, shoes, shirts, blankets, uh, overcoats would have carried on that and they're incredibly uncomfortable. Exceedingly. Exceedingly uncomfortable as he says. So why did they wear them? You gotta have a way to carry all your stuff. You can, a lot I of thought you were talking about the clothing itself. Well, the clothing itself, but... During the Utah War, they would actually just put their knapsacks in a wagon, and the wagon would do most of the work, usually. Usually. But the Civil War, you just wore that, and it was all. So a lot of the time, the foot soldiers can move a lot faster than a wagon can, so you need to be able to rely on yourself to take care of yourself, so you needed all your stuff with you. So that's the point of a knapsack. Makes sense. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Does this count as cosplay? It's no, a form no, of cosplay. No. It is a Stop. huge Stop division. A historical event doesn't count. Historical count. cosplay. Historical. <laughs> Sky, can we not fight in front of the same? <laughs> so what do we? What do we have? Did you talk about the guns yet? Not yet. Okay, talk right. about the guns. So there's a lot of variations, especially among the militia. They didn't have regulations on what they would have carried, so they would have carried pretty much everything. What you have here is a half stock uh, rifle, uh, commonly referred to as a Hawken style rifle, made by the Hawken family. Uh, that one I believe is 54 caliber. It's a flintlock uh, percussion, uh, like we kind of know used during the Civil War, where it uses a cap, so it's like a big cap gun. Um, was a later, more. It took a while for the civilian to catch on to the percussion, but you would have seen some. But flintlocks were still pretty predominant. Um, so this one I are, I have is one that would have been carried. This is the model 1842 rifled. Uh, Springfield musket and then Mark here has a smoothbore 42 the difference is is that his on the inside of the barrel is just a long smooth tube whereas on the inside I have grooves that slowly turn that spin the ball make it fly much more faster much more accurate his is faster to load though gotcha but mine's more accurate and I can shoot further so and this bad boy that one is a double barreled shotgun that one is also a percussion so 14 gauge. 14 gauge, very nice. It's angry. So, good for shooting birds or if you need to, soldiers. Invading armies. <laughs> Invading armies. <laughs> such Anything right. that needs to pretty much die. <laughs> okay. Uh, other stuff that Skylar and I are wearing, we have a cartridge box here which holds all your ammunition. It holds 40 rounds. Uh, then this is the cap pouch which holds the caps you put on the uh, the nipple of the gun to shoot. The, well, the drum, whatever. Period terms. Come on. So, what they call it that too? Uh, and then your bayonet went in the scabbard here. Uh, Skyler's also showing the haversack that holds your food, your uh, other rations, your uh, plate, 
bowls, whatever, spoon and fork, and the canteen, which is, uh, well, that's, you know, the canteen. Mm. You know, the water. Kind of Very important. Uh, and then over to yourself as well, you're holding a uh, 1851 Colt Navy revolver, 36 caliber. Uh, oh, it's a beast, man. <laughs> and then uh, you also have a it's knife heavy. on the other side. Uh, oh, yeah. An original Green River Works knife, sharp as all get out, with a Ute Indian style scabbard. So with the military you use a cartridge, so you need a cartridge box, but in the civilian world you don't quite use cartridges. You would have used a shooting bag. So this is what you would carry that has all the materials to clean, load, take care of your gun. You would have kept it in the pouch and then you have your powder horn made out of a cow horn because you need a way to carry your powder and you need also everything to be able to stay dry. So everything you need for I, the gun. I'm pretty sure as a kid, my grandpa had one of these, and I always just thought it was like a horn mm -hmm. for you to blow in. A horn was the classic <laughs> of the of the time period. They used it for everything: horns, uh, cups, spoons, forks, uh, knives, spoons, ladles, calling horns, shoe horns. That's why we call them shoe horns because they were made of horns. Oh, didn't fit. There you, there go. you go. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> that blew my mind just right? just now. Not that like. <laughs> anybody uses shoehorns anymore but like still where the name came from yeah yeah <laughs> companion on my mission that used a shoehorn religiously really bless his heart he also carried a pitch pipe so if you're watching but it was odd maybe tell us about <laughs> your pipe that you've got there oh it's a pipe i have it well what's in it uh right now nothing but i have obviously they would use tobacco the army, back in the day no problem with tobacco and at the time the church Tobacco was uh, okay. In fact, some people joke that Brigham Young made the Word of Wisdom a commandment to help himself stop using tobacco. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't as big a deal. In fact, the militia was uh, issued coffee beans and stuff in their rations. So I have found some stuff that looks and smells like tobacco, but it's not tobacco because I'm still mean. So, yeah. you know, it's for fun. He's <laughs> <laughs> for fun. All right, what else we got on the table? Uh, well, uh, we have a cup of the time, which was just... That's a cup. cup. But, you know, I have it and I'm proud of it. Okay. All right. Uh, and then multi-use cup. Here's some yeah. of the rations that the Army had. The hardtack. Everyone knows about hardtack, or at least you've heard of hardtack. It's not like a saltine cracker. It's it's angry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to take a bite out of it earlier because I've never had it. And uh, David kindly explained you have to suck on it until it slowly, slowly disintegrates in your mouth yeah. turns there's into a, there's a few different ways to you can sludge gnaw on it because even that <laughs> act of gnawing kind of tricks your stomach into thinking you're full you can put it into your coffee or your soup to soften up and thicken up the soup or you can just leave it in your uh, what's called poke sack and you just mash it up the butt of your musket and it turns it more into chunkies chunkies so you actually have something smaller to, chew on. to say chunkies. so what's it made of Flour, water, and the end. A little bit of salt. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's kind of like a, a, a sad version of le Lembus bread from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Except nothing like it. No, no yeah. magical qualities no whatsoever. No magical qualities. A <laughs> little harder. It was designed to just bite. bake it. You give the soldiers three days rations and they just be able to carry it in their bag and not have to worry about Man. it. Because if it's like regular bread, regular bread you know, rots and mildews and goes bad. These... Not as easily. Weevils could get into it, and during the Civil War, a lot of guys would get old stuff or cheap stuff, and they'd have a lot of weevils, little bugs, and they'd soak it in their coffee, 
And then when the weevils all came to the top, they just kind of skim them off and so they didn't leave a flavor or anything. So. I think I'd have a few problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> Only a few, though. <laughs> One other thing I just like showing off is the underwear that the Army would issue. Yeah, oh, great. Uh, Long drawers made out of a Canton flannel, so it's fl fluffy on the inside. It's very comfy. More durable on the outside. It is comfortable, but you'll notice there's no buttons in the uh, you know that nether region. Sensitive areas. It, it's uh, definitely a season of, of fun when you're wearing these, and then wool <laughs> pants on top. So you just kind of you just deal with it. Oh, there you go. You know. I find a lot of irony in that, considering how often people like to talk about Latter-day Saint underwear. Yeah. Now we get to talk about the underwear of the U.S. Army. Ha! Ha! Suckers. <laughs> okay, this is an important topic. The whole Johnston's Army, Utah yeah. history, because we hear about it in general conference. Uh, we hear about it in... in Mostly like, just vague references, right? We, yeah, we hear vague references, but we don't really get into what's actually going on. So it's nice to be out here and actually kind of uh, experience it to a degree. Um, before we end, final thoughts. You first. I got nothing. Oh, then I'll go after him. <laughs> An important aspect of the Utah War at the end of the day, a takeaway for you, is understanding other people. Hmm. A lot of this just came through miscommunication, misunderstanding, and uh, also kind of a rebellious streak that people get sometimes. So, And preset prejudices. And preset prejudices. So hmm. there's a lot of ways to just learn from this that in life stay calm stay easy breezy be friends with everyone that you can i mean the war could have ended a lot worse than it did it could have we were so close several times to going off in fact captain marcy who was company d of the fifth infantry they did at least one time they leveled and fired at the militia they didn't hit anybody but it could have been very bad because we had about four thousand at most in the militia and then the army about three thousand at the most at that one point so if we wanted to it it would have been bad but uh set prejudice aside love the people and just be friends with everyone we're glad we don't have a more uh dramatic exciting tale for you today because that would have probably been a little bloodier but you got to wear cool stuff we did get to wear we cool, cool stuff taylor final thoughts do you have anything uh no I, i'm just i'm just happy to be here yeah. happy that i got a hat <laughs> Are we going to shoot these? Uh, we oh, we're going to yeah. shoot uh, a couple of these. Yes. Also, real quick, for people who want to learn more, i got three book recommendations, okay, yeah. if I may. Please do. Uh, this is one that Skylar and I are both featured in, so that's why this is the most important one, because there's a picture <laughs> of us. But this is from a fellow reenactor, Mike Anderson. Fooled everyone. The Utah War. Gives a brief overview of the war, and it goes into a lot about what the Army wore, what the militia wore, what they had, food was. Then you have Camp Floyd and the Mormons, The Utah War by Donald Moorman, the best named author ever. Donald Moorman writing about the Mormons. Uh, a little friendly to the church, but that's fine. It still gives a, a beautiful story, uh, very well read. And then finally, The Mormon Rebellion, America's first civil war by, was it, David Bigler and Will Bagley? It's a little anti member mm. of the church. Will Bagley. <laughs> yeah, we know that name. Yeah, we know that name. So. It's, it's good history, and if you read the pro-church and the not-as-pro-church, you get kind of both sides, and it's it's good reading, so yeah. I'd recommend it. There you go. Mistakes were made on both sides. Certainly. All right. Cool. Mark, Skyler, thank you for joining us. Everyone yeah. watching, thank you for joining us. This has been an adventure, and now let's shoot some guns. Oh, sure. Let's do that. I'm going to go ahead and take this thing off, though. Just... Uh, shoulder, arms. Ready?
Aim. Fire. I think you went off. Mine did not go off. Well, that's all right. Sometimes these guns don't always go off, which is okay. Uh, Skyler's going to try to work on his. I'm going to reload mine and kind of talk you through it. So I've got my cartridge in my pocket, but normally you'd have it in your cartridge box, so you'd have to kind of uh, reach around and pull out a cartridge. And it has a little paper tail on it. Paper tail on it. There you go. It exposes the powder, which I didn't do the best job of. We're very professional, I promise. But anyway, there's your powder. Pour it down the barrel and just skedaddle. You would have pulled the bullet out if you were doing a bullet, but we're not shooting an actual bullet right now. So the bullet would be seated there. Draw your ramrod. Send it all down. Pack it in tight. Skyler just shot his. It's a happy time. And he'll actually try to load as quick as he can when I'm done here. Then you bring it up. Half cock, which is safety. Won't go off. Reach into your cap pouch. Grab a cap and place it on the cone. So mine is going to be ready to go momentarily. Skyler's now going to go quick as they would have at the time. Good soldier can get off three shots a minute. Great soldiers can even do four. And so they would have drilled through this again and again and again and again until they had it down perfect. So now you guys get to shoot guns because guns are fun. Yeah, right. So you're going to hold it on your left hand. Just kind of slightly bend your left shoulder or elbow. This is an elbow. I know the. I know all the things. Uh, so about there. Make a sense. Making sense. So with your left hand. Good. Sulfur. Sulfur. Alright. Then kind of bring your heels together and, and dress towards each other so you come down this way. And just you start it like so. Okay. So when we say we're ready, you're going to bring the piece around and, and bring your feet to a T and full cock the hammer and, and nipple to nipple basically. So from here it's going to be ready. Okay. Ready. Oh yeah, I'm back one Aim. Fire! Bang! Don't know if mine went off. I closed my eyes. Fire! <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to close your eyes. No, you're supposed to keep on looking. And uh, there you go. So, Mazel Tov, you've shot guns. That was and fun. This was fun. This was good. Yeah. And, here. uh, here you go. Saints Unscripted. Bless you all. Be safe with guns. Very safe. Don't, uh, don't point them at people. Unless you're reenacting, then we point them at each other. Yes. Don't load them. Don't load them with bullets when you're reenacting. All of the safety precautions. We've never had to do a safety precaution before for a show, so we'll cover our bases. <laughs> Merci beaucoup, monsieur. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.